On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Cody, who is a business coach and NLP trainer. And we had such a, an amazing conversation. He's truly filled with so much experience and knowledge. And he shares a story about how you know he got fired from his job which later led to him following the passion to, to what he does now today, helping people. And he's just one of those people that's super passionate, super knowledgeable, and just really wants to help people. And we dive into so many different areas of, of what it takes to be successful, you know, in today's world and, and how we utilize the things that we're learning and, and taking those things and taking action and turning knowledge into knowing and how we can take these different pieces to get to the next level. So you're going to absolutely love this episode. Cody is amazing. So let's dive in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Bonatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back. I am so excited. I got an awesome guest for you guys today. Um, so cool. I love connecting with, with new people and mutual friends and a fellow San Diegoan new, new to San Diego. Um, so this is so awesome. Uh, Cody, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Glad to be here. Appreciate the warm welcome. Uh, definitely very new to San Diego. As you know, I moved here like a month and a half ago now. So thank you for uh, your warm hospitality. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And we'll get together in, in person soon enough, I'm, I'm sure. And we'll, we'll do something fun, maybe get dinner, lunch or whatever. But yeah, quick, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and who you serve. Yeah. So what I do right now is I'm an NLP trainer. So I train people in neurolinguistic programming. Um, previous to that, I was a sales manager for a finance firm and selling was my entire upbringing from the time that I was like 22 until 26 ish. And I pretty much put all of my time, my energy, my knowledge into learning sales, communication, psychology. And I found myself just kind of losing passion for what I was doing. A lot of it was who I was working for. I found that it was out of alignment with my ethics and my values. Um, and I just, I just didn't feel like it was right for who I wanted to be morally. So I just kind of started diving into the NLP world. And coincidentally, a lot of the stuff that I learned and studied from psychology and sales and communication kind of flowed hand in hand. So now I train and cert certify people in neurolinguistic programming. Uh, I still have a heavy background and a heavy influence in like the sales side, uh, because so many people, whether you're trying to sell yourself to get up and go to the gym, or you're trying to sell a coaching package, no matter what it is, you still need to have that ability to effectively communicate what you're trying to uh, present or position and then doing it in an attractive way. So uh, NLP and sales, kind of like my two areas of, of focus and passion, uh, but I'm slowly letting go of that sales side just as the demand for NLP is increasing. I want to be just training and certifying people, understanding that modality so they can use it effectively and help change more lives. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. And as we were talking before, before we hit the record button, you know, there is, there's a lot of tie into, you know, NLP and sales. So to kind of have the sales background and then get into NLP makes a lot of sense now you, but it's, it's doing it in a different way. I like, I think NLP is so cool. It's such a fascinating concept and I'm kind of eager to, to learn more. Um, maybe we'll get into it a little bit today, but I'm curious, like what, how did you get started in NLP? 
Yeah, good question. So I actually got fired from my sales manager job in December 2019, December 4th, 2019. And that's a whole other story in itself. But um, leading up to that, as I told you, I, I felt very much so out of alignment. My heart wasn't there. My passion wasn't there. And I kind of got to my breaking point where one day I talked to the HR department about things that I didn't feel were ethically correct, um, which was a Tuesday, December 3rd. December 4th, I got called in the office again and got let go. Um, so again, that's a whole other story in itself, but it happened for me, not to me. And what I did, just like any logical person after getting fired, um, I booked a, a trip to Puerto Rico a few days after to go on a little vacation and just kind of have some fun. Um, so I went out there, I filmed some videos, just content kind of talking. And coincidentally, my buddy, my roommate at the time, he had this chick over he was talking to, super cool, cool girl, and she was going through that process of NLP. And I'm like, okay, I've heard of NLP, Tony Robbins. I saw a video on YouTube before. I've always wanted to learn more about that. Maybe that'll help me in my coaching business. And she's like, oh my gosh, it totally will. So I was looking into it. I'm like, oh my, this is everything that I love. Understanding like why people do what they do, how to motivate, how to influence people. So I started just kind of going down that rabbit hole and Within like a few days, we booked the class, which was like a month and a half out, started doing all that kind of study. It was like 50 or 60 hours of pre-study that we had to do within a month time frame. So very busy doing that. Um, and then, yeah, I went to my first practitioner course, which was a seven-day course. Dude, day one, I was like, okay, here's my credit card. Upsell me, sign me up for all the rest of the courses. Um, and I was just going to do that original course, the seven-day course. This was like February 22nd ish somewhere around there of 2020 right before COVID hit no one even heard of COVID at this time so um that was about a week course and the very last day of it we found out that the Tony Robbins convention UPW that we had scheduled to go to in like five days uh they canceled it because of COVID and it got to that point so we're like wow okay so I signed up for my master practitioner course which is a 14-day course and to make a long story short nine days we were in there and we didn't make it the last six days because COVID officially shut it down in LA County too. So that's what started my NLP journey. Uh, and it's been just a fun ride ever since. Amazing. That's so wild from the standpoint of, you know, one, having that experience with your, uh, the company you work for and they're like, uh, bye, see you later, which is like, I mean, that's just like a wild concept. Yeah. I don't know if people could see my face was like, just jaw dropped on that of like to go in and be like, I think you guys are doing something unethical and then get fired the next day. Oh, that's just, Oh my gosh. I mean, to me, that's a, that's a great sign in my mind. It's like, all right, well may, I guess I was right. You know, like that's what I would assume, you know, cause again, that's, is that really like a reason to, to fire someone? I, I mean, you know, that's, yeah. it's, it's, certainly interesting and we don't have to dive dive into it but it's so cool to see it's like one of those things that you know what did you do boom i'm gonna go on vacation what happens you know you meet your your friend's you know girlfriend or, or you know friend that he had just met and then this happens and it leads to this and then it leads to that path it's so fascinating of how you know one thing just leads to the next to the next next to where you are today you know had you not gotten fired you may not have ever discovered NLP into the way that, that you're doing it now. Yeah, dude. And I, I for sure wouldn't have, because I told myself once I have $30,000 in my bank account, I'm going to quit this job. Once this happens, I'm going to quit this job. Once I've been here for two years, I'm going to quit after December, I'm going to quit. And I kept saying this because like my, my heart wasn't in it. 
The money was amazing. I, I loved what I did in the sense that I love training and coaching and helping people, but I, I didn't enjoy being a manager necessarily. I didn't enjoy being like, all right, Nick, you're three minutes late, bro. I got to write you up. And it was just, there were so many gray areas that I just personally, um, in my life, I, I like gray areas, but in business, I didn't really like it because I like the, when things are more structured and it's like, okay, sometimes you got to write people up when they're late. Other times you don't. And there was just so many different weird kind of things at this company that it was like, I was just fighting on, on both ends, trying to like make management happy and my sales team. And it was just like constant push. And I was just one in the middle of getting compressed. So there was a lot that came that came from that job. That could be a whole nother topic in itself. But yeah, man, it's, it's just very weird how one small decision can change the entire course of your life, big or small. And I think that it's usually a small decision. Getting, getting fired obviously wasn't a decision and it wasn't a small one, uh, but I'm sure someone listening to this can think about maybe one decision they've been wanting to do and they can't really see the how. James Wedmore says F the how for now. And they might be waiting to make that decision because they can't see how it's going to play out. But sometimes just taking that first leap allows everything else to work out. Yeah, it's an amazing process that, you know, it can happen on its own or, you know, based on your own decision. You know, for me, I was in a situation where I loved my job, you know, and I, I share this quote, you know, I, I quit my dream job to create my dream life. You know, that's like, that was the, the, the path that I wanted to take. So I had something that was awesome and amazing. I worked with the most incredible people. I had full flexibility and creativeness and all of these different things, but just wanting, wanting more. Um, but it's so cool for, for just to, to hear other people's stories of, of where they came from and, and these examples of just like things happening, you know, and I love the quote that you shared, you know, this happened for you, not to you. And I think that's something that needed to be repeated again, because this is something that in our lives constantly, you know, we have that choice to choose whether or not we want it to be, oh, this happened for us or it happened to us. Because, you know, the more that we can see things like that, the more we see opportunities instead of, you know, doors closing. Oh, I don't have any money. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, and I love that you said too, like F the how and how we go through that process. So many of us, we want all the answers like, Hey, you know, I, I'm not going to make this step because I don't know the next step. But the whole thing is you're not going to know the next step until you take the first one, you know? It's like yeah. the, the headlights. So, I forget what the headlight, there's a headlights expression. The one I always use is like, you have a staircase and, you know, you take a couple of stairs, steps up, you know, new stairs appear, new doorways appear, but you don't see them until you're willing to take those, those first, um, couple steps, uh, which is super yeah. amazing. Go ahead. No, it's funny with intention, uh, is my podcast name and the motto, if you will, is when you live with intention, you realize that life is happening for you and not to you. And I think that that's one of my favorite like quotes or just sayings, but I also think it can be very cheesy and very like, yeah, I know that I know that. But when you're in the stick of things, when you're in the mud, sometimes it's hard to have that remembrance in your conscious awareness. So um, I just, I think it's so powerful though, just to really embody that idea. Uh, the very first thing in NLP that we learn and we teach is called the formula for success. And what it is, it's cause and effect. It's, it, is this person living their life at cause of what happened or at effect of what happened? Effect is the victim mentality and at cause is empowerment for change. And, you know, this has been, it, it's a, it's one of the most simple concepts because it's like a day one learning, 
but it's been one of the biggest things that I learned in my life. I can tell instantly how someone is living just by their language. Um, and I'm sure you know this, you've heard this working with coaching clients. When people are in that effect, the very first thing you want to do is get them to be at cause so they can change it. But on the counter side, there's sometimes like maybe there are friends or our family where they're constantly at effect or living in that victim mode. And you try to get them to cause and they want to go right back to effect. And what I've learned is sometimes the easiest thing to do is just not even try when they're in that mentality of being at effect, because it's so hard to get people out of that. So it's one of those things where um, as a coach, even as an NLP trainer, as a friend, yes, we want to help people, but it's, it's very hard to try to get someone out of effect into cause. They have to want to be like, you know what, Nick? Yeah, this is where I'm at, but I want to change. They almost have to be the person that's driving that boat. And you just have to be the guide like, hey, man, turn this way. This is where you're going to go with it. But yeah, that's been one of the biggest things that, um, that I've learned is the cause and effect is, is kind of key for creating change and being empowered. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, you know, if you just tell somebody to do something, it doesn't work like that. They need to tell themselves to do it. And that's what trained coaches like yourself, myself as well. Um, I'm not, you know, fully trained in NLP, but, uh, I'm sure, you know, you and I will talk about that later. Um, but you know, understanding these principles in, you know, often not giving people advice, and like, that's one of the common mistakes. I mean, I was even a call last night and this guy is just like, you should do this. You should do that. You should do that. I'm like, you're not even asking me like, if I want to do that, you're just like spitting out a bunch yeah. of stuff that you think I should do. And it's like, that's not what, that's not what good coaches do. They don't just like order you around and get you to do things. It's, you know, when you have all the right tools and good coaches help to bring out the best in you. And yes, they're going to hopefully guide you in certain paths. And, you know, and I help people with certain strategies and things, but a lot of it is understanding like what the goals are and helping them to see it in a different way, you know, helping your clients, like they're looking at something at a six and now you're helping them to see it as a nine, you know, helping them to shift the perspective. And when they can shift it, when they can see, then they can take action. But if you're just like, why are you doing that? Do this instead. You know, that's just, <laughs> it's not going to work. And I think the funny thing is there's kind of two avenues I want to go down. I 100% agree with you um, in the concept of questions are the answers. And especially coming from a sales background, if I'm trying to sell you on like, let's say this pin, Jordan, uh, Jordan Belfort style, but I don't understand why you want this pin, how it's going to benefit you. I'm going to sell you on the features. Like, yeah, it's cool. It has an eraser. But until I figure out how this pin would actually benefit you, I'm not really selling. I'm more so telling. So I, I think it's so important to understand why people actually even have motivation to do it. And with that being said, the very first coach I ever hired uh, was actually a Tony Robbins coach. So very, very high level, generalized, little over five grand. Um, it was November of 2019, right before I got fired when I hired this coach. And um, like, so when you say about asking questions and not telling you, I say yes. And there's a very, very fine balance between like, that coaching and consulting role. And I think when you meet in the middle, there's a lot of power there. And I say this because I would ask him things like, hey, what kind of morning routines have set you up for success? Say, well, what do you think would set you up for success? And I'd be like, um, I don't know, I guess this, this and that. Okay, cool, what else? I, I guess this, I don't, I don't know, like, does this help? Well, do you think it would help you? I don't know, that, that's why I'm asking. And like, just this would go on and on where I, I wanted advice, like, dude, 
you're one of the top coaches in the world, as you say, and he was a, he was a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but I, I wanted that level of, okay, I'd like some guidance. I'd like some mentorship. And it was just so strict on, I can't even give you one bit of advice. I have to ask questions with every little thing. So mm. in that, I, I really learned the power of asking powerful questions and probing to get people to open up. But I also learned that that's not how I want my coaching business to be. Uh, I talked to a few people that had a similar coach in that same, um, in that same company and the same exact experience is what they had. So I like to blend a, a bit of like that coach salting role where it's like, I might say, Hey, Nick, you know, try to get you empowered. What do you think is going to be the best for you in this situation? One thing I've tried is this, and mm -hmm. I might try to guide that I've learned, but if you're, if I'm telling you what to do, then I don't know if it's what's best for you. And most times you're not going to accept it. Uh, as you would, as effectively as you would, if I asked you and had you come up with the answer yourself, again, just like sales, anytime you can have someone else come up with their answer, they feel like they're bought into it. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you want your kid to go to bed early and you give him a bedtime or you let him choose between a bedtime, let's say, hey, Nick, do you want to go to bed at 8.30 or nine tonight? You know, sometimes we talk about giving the illusion of choice, even if they don't have choice, giving the illusion of it can be super powerful. So um, I love that you mentioned that. Because I think an amateur just wants to sit there and tell people what to do. And a professional is really like, hey, I don't know you as well as you know yourself. And I think it takes a level of confidence and, and humility to say that. Like, I really don't know, but I can help you find the way for what's best for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's been my mission as, as well. Um, I love that is like combining the coaching and the consulting because it is a fine line between the, the two differences um, from that element. I think they're most powerful together, you know, where there's that level of like figuring out what their goals and objectives are and like, hey, this is what I've done. But at the end of the day, you still need to try it for yourself and see if it works for you, whether it be a strategy or whether it be a morning routine, you know, whatever else, whatever that, you know, aspect is everything is being a scientist, you know, we need to test things just because, you know, it's a funny thing about like strategy is that there's a million different strategies that have worked for a million different people. And so many people love to be like, right. do this. Cause this worked for me, you know, but that doesn't mean that another way won't work, you know? And if you force yourself down a path that, that maybe you don't like that strategy, then it's probably not going to work because you don't like that strategy. You know, you have to be, also bought into like what somebody is instructing you to do and, and having belief that that will, will work. Because if you don't believe it, then, you know, your, your prospects aren't gonna, aren't gonna believe it either. Um, so I'd like to shift yeah. gears a little bit, cause you started to mention it a little bit about morning habits and routines. So I'm curious what, what some of your, you know, morning habits and routines are. Yeah, man. So I want to be very, very transparent. This is something that I've struggled with for a lot of my life. Um, man, I've bought in freaking different planners, different calendars, different whiteboards, the high performance planner. Um, and like, just because I, I love to wake up and have something structured so I can set the tone, if you will, as we all talk about. Um, but it's very, very hard. Sometimes when I wake up, I don't feel like sitting down and putting my energy or attention to something. So my biggest morning routine as of late has been walking to the beach. Um, so I live about two blocks from the beach. I walk down to the lagoon, uh, overlooks the beach, just kind of take it in, relax, take my dog out for a quick walk. Um, and I'm, I honestly get inspired. A lot of times I'll wake up and I'll just want to create like a quick video or a piece of content when I'm there because I'm looking at the ocean. 
And honestly, just for me, it's, it's more so about being in that state of being inspired and less about what I'm doing that sets the tone for my day. Love that. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, chemical things that are going on with that process, you know, from the body standpoint, one, you're moving your body in the morning, you're getting your, your blood flowing, which helps your mental performance. You know, the other side of it is like being by running water. So there's actually like, and again, I'm not an expert in this. I follow somebody else who talked about this, that there's like ions that are released in the air, like from running water. And so like just being in that environment actually helps you to increase your mental um, performance. So, uh, and then it, I think it's just like, there's a tranquil feel to it, you know, when you're in this yeah. environment, but I think, you know, it's easy to say that like us living in California, but I mean, honestly, I think there's a lot of power in, you know, walking around the city. I mean, even when I lived in Philadelphia, you know, you can walk around the city and you can see the graffiti on the walls and just be like, man, this is beautiful. You know, you can choose to see that that's an awesome thing. And just taking that time for yourself to, to set yourself up. Um, I love that you mentioned like all the planners. I have the high performance planner. It was a little too much for me. I, you know, I have my own system at this point in time. Um, you know, but, but I love the effort, you know, because you're only going to find your morning routine from constantly trying like mine, mine has evolved over the last yeah. three years that there's, there's some subtle pieces, but a lot of it, um, again, you, you figure out what's going to work best for you. There's no, you know, do this and, and this, but you can learn from what other people are doing and then adapt it for yourself and see if it works for you. So, so you're yeah. doing your walk. What are some other things that you do, um, to kind of set yourself up for success? Yeah. So for me, uh, being, and I know this is not for everyone, but me personally going to the gym helps tremendously just with my mindset, my mental, um, I really like having celery juices. So I have this omega juicer. I just got where I'll freshly juice my celery. Um, downside of that is it's only good for like that time. What I've learned is that if you let it sit for even 24 hours, it kind of goes bad and hurts your stomach. So um, you kind of got to do it like either the night before very late at night or right in the morning. But I like having something like that. Um, and honestly, I, I think the biggest thing for me is I don't necessarily wake up and get straight to work. And I think that's the scary part, but also the beauty of being an entrepreneur is you kind of set your schedule. So you know, if you're more productive from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., then I would much rather say, take your time in the morning, do whatever you need to do, relax and put in that grind or that hustle or whatever you call it, or even that flow during that middle portion of your day. Um, and that way you can actually go into it instead of forcing yourself to, if you're not like a morning person, for example. So with that being said, you mentioned something that it has to kind of humble us saying like, yeah, we do live in California. We are blessed to be able to just get up and walk to the ocean. So my question for you, Nick, what would you say to that person in, I don't know, Iowa or North Dakota who doesn't even have a nice city to go walk around? What would you say for him to get yeah. his routine dialed in? Love it. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is the trial and error of aspect of just like figuring out what's going to work for you. Um, like you said, it doesn't always matter what you're doing, but I think it's super important that when you wake up, you don't get right to work. Like to me, that's a, just a huge, huge mistake. I've done it and, you know, and you justify it. You're like, no, this is, this is right. But it, it's, it's not it like when you just set time for yourself in the morning and get the most important things done. And it doesn't matter what those things are, you know, you know what your priorities are, you know? So if your priority is your family, then you make sure first thing in the morning, you take care of your family. 
You know, if your priority is, is fitness, then make sure that you do some fitness in the first thing. Like I do, I work out in the morning. I read in the morning. Cause to me, that's a huge thing is like, I read every single morning. I know you're a, a big think and grow rich fan. I'm just started reading that for the second time. Um, and it's just, when we take that time for ourselves and we set the priorities of things that aren't work first, we're just going to show up in our workday so much better when we take care of those things first, because then you're not thinking about it. You know, I used to work out in the afternoon, but that was a struggle for me because all day I'm like thinking about when I'm going to work out or like when I'm going to end the day and like, Oh, if something comes up. And when I started working out in the morning, it was a total game changer because now I don't have these parameters, like everything I wanted to do that day, read, exercise, meditate, stretch, journal, you know, it's all done. And it's, I wake up early to, to make sure, you know, you get it done. And everyone has that potential to, you know, find that time. And I recommend if you can get outside, you know, even if you're in Iowa, um, <laughs> it's nice to get outside even for yeah. five minutes, you know, uh, yeah. makes such a, such a huge difference. And I, I will say too, that it's kind of funny. I'm not a morning workout person at all. Um, and I obviously it's not a new concept, but just you mentioning it, it has me thinking that if you start your day with a workout, the flow you're going to have going into it, you're fired up, you're hot, you're ready to go. Your endorphins are released. You feel so good. You've already accomplished something. Um, so the energy that you're going to have going into the rest of the day is going to be insane. Uh, and I think that even like, for example, if we worked out right before this podcast, we'd be fired up. We'd feel a little pump in our arms. We'd like have our blood rushing still. So I think there's a lot of validity in that. One thing too, you mentioned about reading. I kind of want to take it here for a little bit if you're down to. Uh, it's the idea that I've, I don't know if I thought of this or whatever, but toxic consumption. And this is something that I did for a long time, especially when I was starting my business. I would wake up like, okay, cool. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Okay, cool. I'm going to go ahead and read this book. And cool, great, we got to learn. But I kept doing it for so often hours throughout the day, that one consuming that much content, I wasn't taking anything away um, that I needed to. And also, I had the false illusion that I was working on my business because I was working on myself. And yes, that is a part of it. But when you can when you spend so much of your time doing that, it's not doing things that move the needle. And I think that's why it's so hard for a new coach or a new entrepreneur to just get in and get straight to work because they think they need to learn so many more things. You see all these certifications behind me. They're great, but I need to work on things that are going to move the needle. I can have all the knowledge in the world. I can be the most knowledgeable person about NLP, but until I learn marketing to get clients attracted to me, until I learn sales to convert those prospects uh, to clients, no one's going to know how good I can possibly be. So I think there's a huge uh, importance factor that people often overlook when they're starting is like, what is going to move the needle today? I would much rather focus on those one, two, three things than consuming hours of the best content in the world. Because as you mentioned, like we don't know what's gonna be best. We can hear someone else talk about their strategy, um, but you, you're an amazing podcast host and speaker. But if you're telling someone who's super shy or doesn't wanna show their face, doesn't wanna speak their voice, you gotta have a podcast. It's not gonna resonate with them. So. I think it's so important, like you mentioned, that trial and error, figure out what works best for you. Uh, and that way you can start to, to formulate your own thing that's worked through that process of failure sometimes. Because I think, I'm sure you can speak to it, but I know for a lot of my business first year, like failed a lot, <laughs> like a lot more than I expected. But you learn a lot from that time as well.
Yeah, absolutely. You brought up such a great point too, when it comes to like absorbing content. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, you mentioned like your focal point, which, you know, part of my morning routine is like, I write down like my 90 day goals. So like each day I'm focusing on like what my objectives are. So I stay focused on this is what I'm completing in the next 90 days. And I'm writing it every day so that I don't get distracted with different things or trying to go chase the next shiny object. And us as entrepreneurs, we love to learn. So it's like, you know, I recently went through this, this, uh, you know, I guess launch and I really wanted to buy it, but I'm like, no, this isn't the direction. Like I have what I need to do. I have to focus. And this is, this is not going to be the best suited for what my goals and objectives are. It's just going to take me down, um, another path. But one thing you mentioned too, and I think it's super valuable is understanding that knowledge is not power. Knowledge is only the potential for power. Yeah. And so if you're just going from content to content, learning and learning and not integrating it and not implementing it, then you're not going to get the results. Like you said, with your first year and same thing for me, and like I learned way more from just like doing than I did from any book or any podcast or any course. And so if we're just bouncing around from course to course, but not actually attempting to implement it, then we're not actually coming from a place of knowledge. You know, that's only um, you know, knowledge is not knowing. And so like when we actually do it, that's when we are, when we know it, but knowledge only goes so far, you know, we need to be those practitioners that we're actually implementing what we learn. Yeah. So true. And I think the fact that you mentioned, and we're all different again, so I love how you said that. It's just something that I want to put as a focal point because people might be hearing us rap right now and think like, well, I, I can't relate. So I want you guys to use whatever ideas or topics we're talking about and relate it to your own different field or industry. Uh, you mentioned that sometimes just getting your hands dirty and doing like the how is going to be best. And I was teaching a course or a clubhouse room rather on becoming an effective communicator using NLP. And one of the biggest things is understanding who you're communicating to. You'll have people that are the why learners. They need to know why am I here? Like, okay, what is this? We, a lot of times we'll introduce a podcast. Hey, this is a podcast. This is who I'm with. This is what we're going to talk about. This is the why. Then you have the what learners. Like what, give me the data. Give me the statistics. Give me the facts. Give me the content that I'm going to be learning here. And then we have the how learners. They just want to try it. They're the people that might open up a, um, like I have this new little uh, table and desk set right here. And they're the people that would get this in the mail in a huge box, toss the instructions and just start getting their, um, putting things together and then we have the what if learners which are the people that ask like the q a how does this apply to me what if this doesn't work the objections and stuff like that so knowing who you're speaking to um i think is so so important in that and just since we're on that topic one thing we talk about as well is like your preferred um, learning style or your representational systems visual auditory kinesthetic and once you can speak to these people in a certain way for example nick might be talking a lot about like yeah, I can just see us doing a great podcast together. It would look so cool. So he's using visual predicates. So I'm going to speak back to him or I might show him a picture of what I've drawn up because he's a visual learner. So understanding how to speak to that, I think is super effective as well. Yeah. You bring up, yeah. You bring up such a good point from, uh, from us as coaches and understanding how we work with different people 
because everyone has different ten tendencies too. Like I love the example you brought up earlier about the kid. And if you like give the kid the choice, um, which is interesting because that's mentioned in the book, The Four Tendencies um, by Gretchen Rubin. And she talks about how like the rebel child. So there's like four tendencies. There's an upholder, an obliger, a questioner, and a rebel. And so like the questioner, for example, and you were talking about it, they're like, why is this? Like, what am I doing this? And why, you know, they always want to know more. And if you give them the right answers, you know, you give them the why and they, and they believe it, then they'll do the habit. You know, it's all about like, habits and getting people the rebel, you know, if you give them choices, then they feel like they're empowered and they're not being told what to do. And so then they'll be more likely to do that habit. But an obliger, for example, it's like, do this right now. And then they're like, okay, but that's like, they need somebody that's going to hold them accountable. And speaking of that, and now relating it to someone that might be starting an entrepreneurial journey, I feel like someone in that obliger standpoint would very, very much so benefit from having their day structured out, having a whiteboard with what they need to do, having their morning routine dialed in. Because one of the biggest things I thought was so cool about starting my coaching business was like, all right, sweet. I'm my own boss. I got no one to look up to, uh, no one I have to answer to. And then it's like, okay, wait, who's going to talk? What do I need to do today? I don't know. I have to figure out what to do and then go out and do it, which I think is um, can be very challenging for a new coach or a new entrepreneur. Yeah, there's a lot of that, um, you know, discipline of understanding. And I think that's why it's super important to go back to what we were talking about with our, our goals and understanding what our objectives are, because then it becomes super easy to plan your day. Like if you're not sure what to do today, but you know what your three most important objectives are, then you, then your tasks should be focused on those three most important objectives. You know, we get so lost in certain things like, Oh, what am I going to do? Should I do this? Should I do that? It's like, well, does this, do these three things move the needle? Like you mentioned that earlier too, move the needle, which is so important because us as entrepreneurs, sometimes we're just doing things because we think that we're supposed to do those things. Yeah. But we're not asking ourselves like, is this actually moving the needle, moving the bottom line a revenue generating activity? You know, is it going in the direction and the vision that I see for the next three years, five years, you know, and, and having that. And so things become easier when we simplify and focus on just the few most important James Wedmore, who, you know, I know you follow, you know, he talks about bridges, you know, and if you're trying to build a bunch of bridges, then you're not going to get to your destination because you got all these half built bridges. And when you really focus on just building that one bridge, focusing all your efforts on those one things, you're going to get to your destination faster, quicker, and more effectively. You know, this, that focus is so important. No, very, very true. And I think having someone show you what you should be focused on or more so what you shouldn't be focused on is, is so valid. And, you know, I hear, and I'm sure you see it too all the time, people on Facebook, you need a coach, you got to have a coach. And it's like, you can see the people that are doing this, they're positioning themselves as, Hey, Nick, you need a coach. So reach out to me, that kind of thing. And obviously there's a way to do it with tack and there's a way not to, but there's also a lot of validity in it. Um, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of new coaches that are up and coming in their business. And I'm like, okay, great. What are you currently working on? I'm building out my website. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm going to write a book. Uh, I'm starting my podcast. And it's like, okay, great, great. Um, how are you going to get people to, to, you know, read the book? Like, are you giving it as a lead magnet? Well, what's a lead magnet? Like, okay, no worries. Like how, where's the traffic going to come from to go to your podcast or your website? Well, I'm going to tell my friends and family about it. And they're going to share it. 
Okay. So you're going to build a business just on referrals. And so I say all this to say that like a lot of times we do the wrong things and it's stuff that I did when I started out. I know that first thing. Okay, cool. I got a coaching website. I have my prices on it. And then no one ever went to the freaking website. Um, so I think having someone just kind of put those blinders on and be like, all right, Nick, this is what your goal is. Go down this road. But I think the most important thing is there are a million different strategies. There's not really a right strategy for you. I think there are some wrong ones, like starting with a book or starting doing a website, thinking that's going to get you somewhere. Uh, but I think the biggest bit of advice I would want to have for someone starting is not just to find the coach, but do like mad research, figure out who resonates with you and look at the fruits they have in their life. Like, don't just look at what they're posting for their business. Look at the cool stuff they're posting outside of their business. Um, I've had, I don't know, six or seven different coaches since I started. And I've always noticed that the ones I had the best results with, the ones that cared the most about me, my progress, and me as a person were the ones that actually showed their personal life too, and not just this business persona or image. So I don't know if you've had that experience or not, but I think that's something that I definitely had to spend a few tens of thousands of dollars and months and months learning the hard way. Um, but I think that's just one bit of advice that I'm just feeling called to share with someone who may be listening. Yeah, I love that. I, I find it, you know, as someone, because a lot of times I do talk about, you know, social media and video marketing and, and sharing like who you are as a person is like one of the most powerful tools that you can do in, you know, representing yourself as more than a business because you're more than a business, you know, yes, you may have a coaching business, but like you like fitness and you like to go on hikes and you like to go on bike rides. Like those are things that people can resonate with. You know, maybe you're a parent or, um, you know, you like sports, like all, all of these things are like how you connect with people on a, a deeper level, you know, and to circle back to what you're talking about from a coaching standpoint, of like blind spots. It's like, we all have blind spots. I have a coach, you know, it's so important to have a coach that can show you what's happening. I had a, a client recently that I was working with and she was seeing all of these different things that she could do. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we've, we've built this like lead machine and we need to figure out what's not working here. Not for you to go try and build another machine. Like we need to focus on, on this piece. And like, I noticed that there was like, not an objection. Cause she, you know, she made a comment later. She's like, you thought I was upset, but you would know if I was upset with you. Um, and, uh, but she, she came back the next call and all of those things, she was like, all right, like you were right. I thought about what you said, you know, we need to focus in this, in this area. And like, that's what a coach does. It helps you to stay on track, help you to see the things that you're not seeing. Cause sometimes like you're getting excited about something, which is great. And you think if you're getting excited about it, then it, that's the direction that you should go. But it's often not because again, you know, repeating myself here, but like chasing that shiny object, you know, we love to, to, to do this thing, but being able to have someone to be like, come back, come yeah. back, really a back in. <laughs> I think that, you know, one good I'm bro. I love coming up with like just weird off the cusp analogies. I don't know why it just, it lights me up and I think people can relate to it. But if you think about it, kind of like if you go to the gym and I'm like, all right, Nick, you want to get buff, you want to get in shape, you got to go work out and you go to the gym today and you do chest and you come back, Cody, I don't know, like, I'm just not looking any bigger. Like, okay, Nick, it's your first day. So tomorrow you do shoulders, Cody. I don't know. Something's not working. I'm not looking how I want to work. You're in there for two weeks. You know, it, I, I noticed a little bit, but I don't think it's enough. 
I don't think this working out thing is actually working for me, you know? So I'm going to go in there and do legs the next day. And you keep switching it up, but it's a compounding process. And it takes time with all the things that you're doing and not doing, especially in, in your field. Like you might put out an amazing ad or amazing um, like product and get your content going, but there might be one tweak you need to do, whether it's in the copywriting, whether it's in the targeting, the traffic. And like, sometimes I think people, again, myself included, I'm no better. Like until we learn that we need to almost fail a little bit, we need to find out what doesn't work sometimes and then use that process of elimination to go back and find out what does work, I think is going to be the biggest key to some people's lasting success versus some people's quick success. Because it, let's say we, we put out something right away and it hits. I get clients. I get a bunch of people that want to work with me. Cool. I put something else out six months later when I free up some more time and it doesn't work. Now what? Now I'm starting a business having no idea. I can try to replicate that first thing, but if that doesn't work, I haven't had that time or that ability um, to realize that those things not working out showed me what to teach to my clients, showed me what to show people to avoid, or else we're kind of just talking from, again, what worked for us, instead of knowing the industry, having our finger on the pulse and saying, hey, this is something you might want to avoid. This is something I tried and it didn't work. I may recommend something else for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. You know, even for me, when I launched my first course, which is why I'm launching another course, because you start to see what happened within the first course, like different things, different pieces that were missing based on seeing the results and what clients were doing, you know, they're doing certain pieces. And I was like, man, this thing that I spent three minutes on in my course actually needs about two hours to spend on, you know? And so that's, that's where you start to see and understanding like your best is not your first is not going to be your best and that's okay, yeah. but you need to have that first so that you can continue to improve and make tweaks and, and change. And I, I love the fitness analogy too. Um, cause I'm super into fitness and I think it's so important that one, we remain consistent, but doing it in a thing that, that you enjoy, like if you truly like despise running, it's going to be really difficult for you to like get up and continue to run. So it comes to that trial and error. Maybe you go for a walk on the beach. Maybe you go for a hike. Maybe you go for, you know, you get a Peloton, you figure out what's going to work best for you. Um, and not just like torture yourself potentially through this process. I mean, I love bike or I love running personally, and I think it's like super powerful, but there's tons of similar exercises that are just as rewarding and, and finding what's going to work best for you is going to get you so much greater results because of the consistency that comes with it. You know, it's like the snowball effect, you know, you get that momentum, you get that compound effect of, yeah, running's great one time, but then try running three times a week for three months and imagine how you're going to look and feel after that, you know, and then maybe six months and then a year. You know, whenever you see somebody with like a weight loss journey, it's not like this guy lost 60 pounds in 10 days. Like, no, he yeah. lost a hundred pounds in 12 months. You know, it's like, okay. like people love to look at things in the short term, but the best things happen from long-term consistency of focusing on your goal and not stopping until you achieve it. Yeah. And there's the, um, the compound effect by Darren Hardy, where he talks mm -hmm. a lot about that, but I think what's really important too is, like you said, the shiny object syndrome, where it becomes very easy in the coaching world to be like, hey, well, you know, this organic marketing is not working. I'm going to go to paid ads. 
but your offer is not even dialed in enough and you're putting all this money into paid ads, but you haven't validated your offer to see if people are gonna want what you have to sell. Then it's like, okay, paid ads didn't work. I'm gonna go and start a webinar. And then you do a webinar, but you have no one watching the webinar or no one's actually staying to watch the full thing and booking a call with you. So just to, to land this plane, I think there's a lot of validity in what you said about going with one thing, like knowing what your goal is, going with that one bridge, finding your way to completion and just seeing what happens when you actually complete it and get to the other side. You don't need to stick with it, but you at least need to get to the other side so you can cross that bridge fully to realize if that journey along that bridge was something you want to continue doing or not. But if you're stopping halfway to start a new bridge, you're going to have to go backwards for that whole entire way you just built to go back and find a new bridge to build. So, Oh I man, I love that extended <laughs> analogy of like the physicality of you being at this like 90% built bridge and you got to walk the whole 90% to then build another. You're like, Oh man, that hits deep. <laughs> like a I'm a visual person. As you can see, I'm, I'm picturing what this bridge would look like. I can see a troll under this bridge. I'm walking backwards this whole way. Like the walk of shame. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Love it. Awesome. Dude, Cody, this has been, um, this has been so amazing, man. I mean, we talked about some really cool things. It was awesome you know, hearing your journey, you know, from, from getting started with NLP to, you know, your job and, and sales and getting fired and, and it turning out to be, you know, the best thing for you, you know, it happened for you, not to yeah. you, you know, um, you mentioned like understanding, you know, the, the formula for success and, and, and what it takes for, for that standpoint and, you know, pushing forward and, and making it happen. Um, you know, you talked about your, your routines a little bit and walking on the beach. And, you know, we talked about just figuring stuff out. You, you know, this is a, in everything that we do, whether it be morning routines or business, you know, it, it's all about being a scientist and trying different things. If you are, you know, just trying one thing and it doesn't work right away, you just may be missing like one small piece. I mean, towards the end, you talked about like your offer. It's like, yeah, if you're driving all this traffic, and then you're not getting sales. Like you could make one small tweak to your offer. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're getting sales. Your ad may be perfect. Your landing pages may be flawless. Your sales page is awesome, but you're just missing this tiny little piece. I mean, they talk about, you can change the button color on a sales page and that increases your conversions. Like we need to tinker and change, not just all of a sudden we're going to go try something new because the one thing didn't work. We need to focus right. and keep giving it attempts and tries and tweaking and seeing where we can build and, and improve from that. Um, you know, we talked about knowledge is not power, you know, and I think that's, that's super powerful in itself and, and understanding. And again, it goes to, to just doing, and we're going to learn so more, so much more. You can't learn how to swim by reading a book, you know, just got to get in there and, and make it happen. Um, yeah, you got to drown a little bit. You got to get some water in your mouth. You got to put the floaties on, slowly take them off. So it's a process for sure. Um, just to kind of, to echo what you said, we talked about uh, Brandon Lucero earlier. He mentioned something, I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but riding a bike and you can have all the degrees and certificates with like, yeah. So Nick put in so much time, a hundred hours learning how to study the mechanics of a bike. He knows everything about bikes, but that person that's rode a bike since childhood, that's fell, scraped their knees, knocked their bike over, put the kickstand up, took the training wheels off and had that process, they're gonna know a lot more how to teach someone when it comes to actually, okay, this is how you avoid falling. This is what you wanna watch out for when you see this happening. 
as opposed to that person who just knows the knowledge or the theory that's almost just preaching on uh, the idea or the concept versus the experience. And I think it's kind of a troubling um, thing to see in like the coaching space is that a lot of people like they'll coach coaches based on what a coach has taught them how to make money. Um, and this is not for everyone at all. I don't want to do a generalization and blanket statement this, but you can hear it when you talk to people, you can see it in their marketing. It's like, you meet someone, what do you do? Oh, I, I coach coaches. What do you coach them in? Um, well, to grow their business. Like, okay, what do you specialize in? Well, helping them grow their entire business. And it's like, just stuff like that. You can tell it's like, well, do you help them with their marketing, with their sales? I understand there's an element of everything there, but I, I think it's just, it's sad. And I think that's also what gives the coaching industry kind of a bad name. Um, mm. and also like it, it puts people up for a false expectation that you're going to expect magic to happen or to launch a business but the person that you're hiring hasn't fully launched it and done it themselves they're just teaching something they've been taught so i think that's something too for people to consider um i obviously love having a coach love the power of it but finding the right one is just so imperative man and like i mentioned in 2020 alone i spent over 25 grand on coaching certificates everything that you can think of. And a lot of it, I had to learn the wrong way. Um, not even about what they were doing, but about myself and being out of alignment. And I think one thing that you mentioned earlier was that you have to set yourself up for success that you want to keep doing. Like if you want to get in shape and you want to lose fat, for example, but I'm telling you, Nick, you got to run, you got to run. This is what I do. It works perfect. But if, if you're more of a jump rope kind of guy, we need to get you on jump roping. And so I say all this to say, when I first started my business, I was sales coaching. Um, and I realized that even though I love sales, I got into the coaching space because I wanted to learn NLP. I wanted to be like Tony Robbins. I wanted to change people's lives. And I, I was not passionate about training sales as much as I was about training mindset. So a lot of days went by where I'd wake up and I didn't feel like making sales content. The thought of making a video about building rapport and opening and closing and understanding how to find your prospect and convert them, it didn't light me up to the point where I was hindered by inaction because I was out of alignment. So I think that's so important for us all to realize is like, if you're not aligned with something or someone, you don't need to continue down that path. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to have to love what you're doing. And, you know, even before we are touching on like the difference is between knowledge and knowing. You know, for, for me, one of the compliments I get is, is like, yeah, you're always posting videos. It's like, well, yeah, I teach people how to make videos. It'd be pretty awkward if I, if I didn't post any videos and that's what I teach people how to do. You know, it's, it's one of those things that if you're following somebody who says to do this, but isn't actually doing it themselves, that may not be somebody that you, you know, want to invest in, um, you know, oh, true. And I think that that's like a, a huge aspect, um, man, this was so awesome. And I, I know we could, we could go on forever and I'm sure at some point I'll bring you on for, for a part two, um, which I love. Um, but real quick before, um, before we close, um, what do you have like a one or a few books that you absolutely love that you just like recommend to everyone, um, or something that's, that's just, it's your go-to, this is the book. Yeah. So I would say the first thing that comes to mind is the go giver. Um, I just, I freaking love that book. I just think that it's so aligned with who I want to be. Um, and it's just, it's very much so like what a new person in like the personal development experience would kind of get to go through. 
Uh, I don't, have you read it at all? No, but it's funny because I love ad- asking this question because you're not the first person that said this. So when okay. I hear repetition, it gets bumped up on my, on my list. <laughs> okay. So one quick backstory can't hurt me by David Goggins. Um, there was a phase of my life where I really liked that book and I kind of put myself through pain. I actually bought this watch right here uh, because I want to get out in the mountains and start tracking my stuff more. And I went through that, but the go-giver is more so how I want to live my life. And it's all about this one guy that connects like, this kid or the salesperson to so many different people. Um, and I don't want to spoil the book. You can obviously read it. It's a very quick read, but um, man, it's just, it's been such a good one. And dude, I have a bunch of books on my shelf a lot. I haven't even read through. I haven't had the time to. I have Traffic Secrets right here by Russell Brunson. That's been a very interesting read. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think it's it's kind of hard to find the right book because there's so many good books. And everyone you talk to, it's almost like they're quick to recommend a book that they've read or they've heard of that a lot of people recommended them to read. So um, I think like one of my favorite things to do is find a topic that I want to learn for like the month. Let's say mm. that this book is going to be all about public speaking and I'm going to read different books on that one topic because I, I can read a book and get a bunch of different information here and there. But having one topic and then finding books around that, I think is going to be the biggest recommendation I'd have for a listener. Um, and that's because a lot of people ask me like, Cody, what books do you recommend? And I always say, well, what are you trying to learn? Right. And most times people are like, oh, well, I just want a good book. Okay, cool. Like, is there an area of your life you want to improve on? And then we'll, we'll kind of niche it down, if you will, to like leadership. Okay, cool. Maybe you want to look at like Jocko Willink, or maybe you want to start heading in this direction because mm-hmm. that's going to help you with that. So everything comes down to just being intentional, I think, with your time um, when it comes to content. I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Love that. Yeah, I'm a big habits guy. So I've got like a million habit books to recommend. But if you're not like trying to learn habits, then it's not a good book recommendation, you know, and there's so many different areas to go. Um, And I have read Can't Hurt Me. That's like one of the most insane books I think I've ever read. And I do recommend that one often. Um, that's it, one of my highly recommended book. He is a nut, <laughs> but he's also, you, yeah. yeah, it makes you kind of reevaluate your workouts, your life, like your uh, mental capacity. If you're actually putting in as much as you should be the pain that you might be going through. So it's, um, it's gnarly. He created a whole movement around that. I want to say it's called like the four by four by 48 or something. Oh, um, I just heard about this. Yeah. Somebody, one of my friends just started doing it, the um, David Goggins experience. And it's like, you run four miles every f- four, four hours. I believe for 48 hours. Right. Something like that. I'm not, I, yeah, I can't. So you wake up in the middle of the night and you run four miles. Like it, it's, yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> that means you're not sleeping longer than like two to two and a half hours at any given time. So yeah. Maybe that's... three if you're lucky, but yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Well, Hey, you said, you said you're a runner. So now that we have you live in this podcast, I think that you can do a commitment for us all maybe to, to try it out and let us know. Oh man. See using his coaching technology uh, experience to get me into action, but that's not going to happen here today. Um, (laughs) I'm not committed to that. (laughs) This is, I'm, 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 I believe in my word and I'm not going to do it right now. Maybe I will, but if I, if I know that I might not, I'm not going to say that I will. Um, 
Love it though. This has been so awesome. Um, thank you so much for your time real quick. What's the, what's the best way for somebody to get in touch with you, follow you, reach out to you? I would say probably Instagram for the fact that one, you can see a bit about what I do. Um, and two, if you click the link in my bio, it'll take you to like my NLP training, my life coach certification trainings, uh, my podcast, pretty much a link just about who I am and what I do. It's uh, easily accessible on my Instagram page. Awesome. Love it. Well, Cody, thank you so much. This was amazing. I, I uh, hope you guys check him out and learn some NLP. And I'm sure I'll be diving into that too. Um, keeping an eye on you more and so I can learn more about NLP. So awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here. Um, thank you listeners. And remember, let's keep growing together. Let's keep growing. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it, and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.